I don't have a big opening, long uh, greeting dialogue. I'm going to jump right in it, right into it today, because uh, when I woke up this morning, uh, as per my usual routine on Sunday morning, I wake up and come downstairs, and um, um, within just the first few minutes of being down here, the Lord spoke something very directly to me today, and I want to share that with you. And it comes from um, a passage of scripture that I have preached from, oh my goodness, I probably preached from this passage of scripture as much as any passage of scripture uh, in my ministry over the last um, 20, ooh, I gotta say that, 23 years of preaching. Uh, I probably used this passage uh, as much as anyone. And for those of you that have been around a little while, you'll know the story uh, fairly quickly. But I want to just read it for context this morning for those that may not know it to give some context to it this morning and to refresh your memory if it's been a while since you read or heard this story. But we find it from John chapter 4 and it comes from John chapter 4 verse number 1. It says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had, um, had heard, now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, Although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he went to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, weary as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, meaning about noon. Um, and... The scripture goes on to say, verse number 7, A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink for me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And then this is the verse. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it was that is saying to you, give me to drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. There's a show on television. I, to be frank with you, I know of the show. I've never watched the full episode, so I'm not giving my endorsement of the show this morning. Um, it may or may, it may be a good show, may not be. So please don't take this and go watch it and say, wow, Pastor Joel, this is a terrible show. I only know of the show. I know of the premise behind the show. There's a show that I don't even know if it's still on today, but there's a show called Undercover Boss. Maybe you've watched it. Maybe you haven't. And the premise behind Undercover Boss is, is that the CEO of a company goes in disguise and is disguised as a normal worker. And he goes and works with what are his employees at his company, but they don't know he's the CEO and he gets to work with them. And I think some of the episodes, it turns out to be, uh, you know, sort of a train wreck. I think, um, flipping through the, the, uh, clips on YouTube, reading some of the, um, captions, you know, sometimes I guess they get fired on the spot because they get, you know, the, the, the CEO sees things going on and um, is not happy. But there's some episodes, whether or not, I don't know, you never know with television how much is scripted and how much is real. But um, there are some episodes on Undercover Boss where the employee has a story. 
a heart-tugging story of hardship or difficulty and the CEO which is someone who is you know multiple layers way above this this low-level worker is now working with this person alongside and gets to know their story and understands that this job to them is more than just simply um, you know a paycheck but it has a great significance because of hardship in their life or difficulty they're going through and and some of the stories turn out to be quite amazing uh, and again I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the naivety that it's true you know I'm sure there are skeptics out there and I tend to be skeptical of reality TV I don't think there is such thing as reality TV but um, uh, I, uh, I'm going to go with the premise that there is truth to this and so uh, to kind of give you the flavor of what I'm talking about because it fits here with the story I'm, I'm going I'm to tie these two together in a minute this is not a um, I'm not giving you a breakdown of TV shows today. I want to play for you a clip this morning of one of the episodes that uh, I came across on YouTube to demonstrate the point. Uh, to give you context, the lady that uh, is working, uh, I believe it's a salon or something like that, um, she is working, she has a daughter that is in need of a pretty significant hernia operation. I believe her daughter, her name was Gabriella. Uh, she's in need of a pretty significant hernia operation, and this lady doesn't have the money for this operation. I'm not sure of their insurance, what the what that entails. So she's working this job and saving up money in order to be able to uh, get her daughter these uh, sur- this surgery that is necessary. And the CEO of the company is working alongside of her and gets to know her story, and then. In just a moment, you'll find out sort of the outcome. So take a watch. She's my baby girl. I'm working here in the salon and the reception because we need to save money. Why? He has two hernias. Two hernias? See, because she was premature. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Here, here. We need to save money for yeah for for the operation. Is it dangerous surgery? Can she die? See, we have to do the, the surgery for her. Do you have a, a good doctor picked out? See, si, see. Si. How much does it cost for the surgery? In pesos is 25,000 pesos. And you don't have that saved yet? No, no. I want to save money, but it sometimes it's difficult. But really, really, we are right now focusing because it's my, it's my baby girl. I want to do everything for her. Wow. Veronica, spending time with you, you treat our guests like family. Because in Kawasu, we are a family. Yeah. You know, you sacrificed a lot. <laughs> I know. Working multiple jobs, your husband working multiple jobs. See. Si. You don't have to save money. No? Why? <laughs> I'm going to pay for it all right now. I want to take care of Daniela. Want her to have her surgery right away. You're gonna call the doctor on Monday, and you're gonna go get baby Daniela taken care of. Gracias. How do you get to the doctor? We have to take a bus three hours because we don't have car. You do now. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm buying you a car. Oh my god. 
This is real. This is real. <laughs> you are real. I am real. I'm going to give you 1.3 million pesos to buy a new home. Wow. That is a, a lot of money. I love. I don't want you working two jobs. I want you to spend more time with Daniela. Veronica, I invited your family here, your your husband and look and little baby Daniela. What a really heartwarming story, and um, I'm I'm going to go with the premise that it's real. Um, but it, it really illustrates the point, right? That here's this woman who is working alongside uh, the CEO of the company. Obviously, being a CEO, he had resources she didn't have. He had access to things she didn't have access to. And um, to her, it was just a normal day. To her, it was just another uh, fellow employee that they were working together Little did she know that the person that she was working with that day was the CEO of the company. And obviously you just watched that and um, I think I said Gabriella, Danielle, I think was her name. You see the outcome of that. He paid for the surgery, gave her a car, helped her buy a house. What a tremendous story. But the real thing that struck me this day, and we're going to get to what the Lord spoke to me this morning, was the fact that I wonder what would have happened that day if she would have known who was there. If she would have known that the guy that was there working alongside of her was the CEO. And it could have gone multiple ways, right? Maybe she would have been so shy and so uh, sort of uh, taken back by it, she may have completely closed up. You don't know the story, but the premise of it is is that if she knew who he was, what would have been the outcome? Now, that's a beautiful story because she didn't know, and so he really got to see the other side of things and got to see her real story, and and, and it's a beautifully, you know, beautiful moment there, especially at the end where she sees her husband and the daughter and gets to tell them. I cut it short there for time's sake, but the clip continues where she gets to tell her husband, you know, that the surgery's paid for and they've got a car and a house and they have this wonderful embrace as a family. But the real premise of this is if she knew. That's sort of a modern take on what happened here at the well with this woman who Jesus uh, encounters uh, that day. He did not come to the well with a big pronouncement. In fact, he obviously, if you know anything about the life of Jesus, he traveled with an entourage. He had guys, his disciples traveled with him, and there were others that traveled with him as well. And so, uh, in order to stay incognito, Jesus sent them away into the city to buy food, and he stayed on the outskirts at this well, knowing that this woman was coming to the well. And in order to stay within sort of this low profile, he sends away everybody and sits there at the well by himself. She approaches the well and sees what she would had to have assumed to be another man, just a normal man. In fact, 
she referenced the fact of his Jewish clothes and his Jewish style and being just another Jewish man. And so Jesus did a really good job that day of sort of playing the undercover boss role. He sits there at the well and she comes and she begins to have dialogue with him and begins to discuss things with him. And there is some already some walls that begin to, to come up in her life. Because it says in verse 7, a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And in verse 8, her reply to give me a drink was, how is it you, a Jew, asked for a drink of me, a, a woman of Samaria? Now there's a lot of there's a lot of background to those statements. I don't have time to get into today. The, the Jews and the Sumerians and all the sort of racial and, and social tension of that statement. And there's this moment here where she is looking at the situation from what she can see. And then Jesus kind of changes the whole scenario. He says to her, with a simple statement, if you knew, if you knew. I woke up this morning and I came downstairs and um, within just a few moments of coming downstairs this morning in uh, preparation, the Lord just spoke this so clearly to me. He said, if they only knew. If they knew. You know, we can talk a lot about God. We can talk about our feelings towards God. But how does God feel about us? How does God feel about you today? The statement was made by God to me this morning. If they knew. You see, if you go further into the story, you begin to realize that because of this woman's background, and I didn't read the entirety of the story, and if you know the story, you'll understand the context more. And for time's sake, I'm not going to go into every detail of the story. It's right there in John chapter 4. I would encourage you to read it at your uh, first availability. It's a tremendous story of the power of God in our lives. But we find that she was going about her daily routine. She was in a very much of a survival mentality. And... This idea that comes if you knew the gift of God and who it was that asked you for a drink, you would be asking me to give you a drink and I would give you living water. It's sort of like the idea that you can have the milk or you can buy the cow. You can have the cup or you can have the spring, the source. You see, she had gotten into the mentality where... All she was looking for was just simply the next moment of survival. The next moment of being able to get that next next uh, draw of water. To go about her day. So she can come back and do this again the next day. Again, at you know, they didn't, no indoor plumbing, right? You can't go to the faucet and turn it on. So every day, water being essential, you had to go draw water. It was a very, there's still places in the world that this happens today. Where people walk one or two miles uh, some farther than that to get water for the day. 
You and I, we go to the faucet, we go to the sink, we go to the fridge, we get water. It's very convenient. But water was essential to everything from cooking to cleaning to substance. And so to go get water, you get into the mode where this is something I've got to do every day. And she's going about that and she's just focusing on, I just need my water for today. And there's this guy that shows up that appears to be like every other guy that she has seen. And on top of that, he's a Jew, which definitely... This is not going to go well. And he asked her, give me the drink. And the reply that goes back and forth, and the thing that really sticks out is, if she knew. The story turns out to be amazing. And Jesus begins to heal her and set her free and, and, and change her. And, and at the end of the story, she's going back into the town telling people who she encountered. This, that Jesus is telling people about Jesus. And the Bible says the whole town heard the message of Jesus from this one encounter. I wonder how the story would have gone, though, is on her way out of town, she would have looked up and saw this man sitting at the well and recognized that's Jesus. The healer, the deliverer, the hope to the hopeless. The one who had been healing and changing lives all over has now stopped at the well. And more importantly, he's alone. Meaning, I get his undivided attention. There's not crowds pressing around him. I'm not the woman with the issue of blood that's got to work my way through all the crowds and push people away. It's just him by himself and I'm the only one around. And I don't see anybody else. And I get his undivided attention. I wonder what would have happened if she would have known that. Would she have ran to the well? Fallen down and said, Jesus, oh man, do I need you today. I need a lot of help. Can you, can you help me today? She didn't know that. So for her, it was just another encounter. Another awkward social moment, right? probably wrapped in the framework of many awkward social moments because of her uh, reputation. She had been with five men as her husband. She was living with a, a sixth man that wasn't her husband. Um, maybe that's more common today, but back then that was not common and it was not looked upon very kindly. That's why she was drawing water from outside the city instead of at the well in the city. And so she's coming and she sees this Jesus who can change everything. Man, what an opportunity. But she didn't know that. To her, it's just another man, another social awkward moment, just another, just another thing to survive. Okay, sir, look, just get your water and leave me alone. Just like that lady in the clip we showed you, undercover boss, to her, that was just another day at work, right? Just another day of just go to work and do, do what I'm supposed to do and maybe save a little money, put it aside. We get one step closer to getting surgery for my daughter. Not knowing that the guy she was working with that day had the power within him to be able to change everything. Now, obviously, the cool part of the story is that she didn't know that and she didn't, she was an, an excellent employee and, and, and was he took care of it. But I wonder if the story would have been a little different. Maybe she would have known it was the CEO. I said, listen, I need help. Would you be willing to help me? Maybe he would have had a soft place in his heart. Maybe not. That, but that's a that's man's spin on the, the story of the well. Because she didn't know who Jesus was. And Jesus makes this statement to her. If you knew. And I'm challenging you today as God's. Spoke this into my heart. 
God knows and sees where you are. He sees what you're going through. And some of you are asking for a cup when He's willing to give you the whole well. Some of you are asking for just a moment of reprieve when He's willing to change your entire life. But the difference between a cup and a river, between a moment of reprieve and a life-changing encounter, there is a gap between those two things. And the gap is, if you only knew. You see, if you knew who it was that was available to you today, if you knew who it was that was saying, give me your burdens, give me your problems, give me your difficulties... How much do we carry unnecessarily? When we have a a God in heaven who went to Calvary and carried our burdens to the cross so that we don't have to carry them, but yet we choose to carry them. And why? Because we really don't know whom we believe in. We really don't know in whom we have put our trust in. We really don't know in whom we have said, this is my Savior, this is my God. We really don't know because if we knew, we wouldn't sit there today just getting through another Sunday. We wouldn't sit there today just listening to another few minutes of Pastor Joel talk and so I can go about my day, just get another drink of water, that'll be enough for right now, and I can make it another day, I can make it another week, and I'll just go when God's saying, whoa, 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 if you only knew, if you only get your eyes off the cup and understand that I am the source, the river, the life changer, you're asking for a cup and I'm willing to give you a river. If you knew. How would your prayer change? Well, I feel God right now. Come on, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying. I'm not just rambling today. I feel the, I can feel literally the pull of God. I can feel God reaching into somebody right now saying, come on, give me a chance. I can feel it. How many of you would pray differently today? Uh, listen, I, 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 I'm, 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 I struggle sometimes, to be honest with you. I can't say I always approach the throne of God with boldness. I can't say I always th- I approach the throne of God with confidence that God is going to answer. I I, I have my fair share of doubts. I have my uh, my fair share of fears. I have my fair share of insecurities and things I work through approaching God. Thank you. Thankfully, His grace is sufficient. I can't say I, I every time I open up my mouth in prayer, I pray with such boldness and confidence that God of heaven and earth is about to make it happen. There are days I I say, Lord, I believe, but help my help my unbelief. There are days I feel like I'm the four leopards that were hanging outside the city where they said, Look, we can't go back in the city because they're that's that's certain death. They've got no food and they're killing it, they're killing each other. So we go there, we're dead. If we stay here outside the city, we have nothing, we're going to die. If we head towards the enemy, at least we're doing something. And we probably will die then, but we're going to try to do something. I feel like that some days. I can't stay here. I don't want to go backwards. That's the, And if I go forward, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but at least it's something. I can't say that I approach every time I pray with confidence and boldness. I have my ups and downs of my humanity and my flesh. And if you don't have that, I would appreciate your prayers for the rest of us who do have that. 
God bless you. But the challenge I have for you today is what would change in your prayer life if you knew that next prayer you prayed, the next time you called on God, not only He would hear you, but He would do something. Now I'm not saying, oh boy, that's the case. Lord Jesus, give me a Mercedes Benz. And you look outside of your driveway and there it is, a shiny brand new Mercedes. I'm not saying, we're not getting into the name it and claim it and the blab it and grab it and you can't use with the stuff I use. Game. That's not what I'm talking about. But what if the next time you prayed for healing in your heart, you knew God was going to heal you? What would happen today in your prayer if you knew the next time you prayed for God to deliver you from the chains of bondage, of pain and hurt, and the chains of addiction, and the chains of, of depression, and the chains of suicide, that the next time you opened up your mouth that God would snap every chain off of you and you would be free and you would be liberated and you would have peace and joy. How would you pray today? Would you, would you pray with, with timidity? Would you pray like a, a, a little sheepish child approaching the mean, mean, mean master? Oh, oh Lord, please, please throw me a crumb. Please today, I just could take a little crumb. Or would you approach and say, God, I know that you're the healer. I know that you're the deliverer. I know that you're the way maker. I know you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. I know that you're faithful. I know that you're good. I know that you come when I, when when it's when your timing is right you may not come when I think I need you but you're never late God I know that you hear me when I pray God I know that you can do exceeding and abundantly above all I can ask or think and I'm standing here I'm sitting here I'm speaking with confidence and faith to know God that when I pray God you are going to begin to work how would you pray differently if you knew if you knew you see I could listen to you pray. I could watch you worship. And within those two things, how you worship and how you pray, I can, I can, without you ever telling me, I can, I can know everything I need to know about how you see and think and feel and walk with Jesus Christ. I can tell everything I need just by those two things. How you worship, how you pray. We all go through those moments. Listen, I, I mean, look, I'm not saying that I might not catch you on a bad day. I may not catch you on a weak moment. So let me say, I could spend a, a, a month with you, watching you worship, watching you pray. And in that period of time, I could, without you saying anything, but just by observing, if I could take a recording of your prayer, recording of your worship time, I could know just by listening to that, how you view God. And if you knew. Too many of us today have come to the routine well. It's Sunday, right? Or Monday or Tuesday, but today's Sunday, so we're going to use Sunday. It's Monday. we got to go to the well today. It's like every other Sunday the last number of years, and in Antioch West especially, it's rinse and repeat, right? It's another Sunday. Pastor Joel online, me sitting here in my PJs, just getting through all this. Let's go, please. Come on, I'll go through this and... 
I'll jump on small group for a few minutes and this is just brutal. Just get it over with. I got things to do today. And Jesus is sitting at the well today and we're saying, okay, Lord, you know, give me my daily cup. Here you go. And he's going, stop. Wait a minute. Do you know? If you knew what was available to you today, if you knew what I was willing to do for you today, would you approach it as another trip to the well? Or would you approach it as, this is an opportunity for my life to change? No. Is God a magician? No. Am I saying He's going to wave your magic, His magic wand over you today and He's going to make everything go away? No. Listen, He didn't do it for the lady. She still had to go back into town. She still had a man she was living with that wasn't her husband. I don't know if she went back to town and married him. I don't know if they had kids and lived happily ever after. I don't know any of that. The Bible doesn't tell us. We don't know the fullness of the story. We don't know if she went back into town and people, some people said, are you serious? You just made all that. Of course you found a man. You know, like, you know, oh, sure, yeah. Betsy found herself another man, guys. She's got five husbands. They're all gone. She got a sixth man and she just found a fresh new man. Number seven. Woo, praise God. Betsy got herself a new late man. I don't know if they said that. Who knows? But it didn't matter. Because she didn't leave with a cup. She left with a river. So many of us have adapted, adopted, adapted to, adopted and adapted to, I'll get it out here in a minute, a cup mentality. And God has simply been delegated to our server. Would you like some water? Here's some water today. Take a sip. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I think there's a story in Scripture. Forgive me. Jesus talked about the parable. Somewhere in one of the parables. And I, it's, 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 it's escaping me off the top of my head. But he says, if you, who, which one of you who found a treasure in a field wouldn't go and buy the whole field? God, we're, we're, we're so adapted to, we're, we're, we're so, we're so accustomed to just simply trying to get enough to make it every day. When the source, the everlasting source, the cup that never runs dry is available if we knew. I wonder if sometimes when you pray, God, listens to your prayers and bows his head, shakes his head and goes, they're asking me for so little when I'm willing to give them so much. Again, I'm not talking about materialistic blessings. You know, they're only asking me for a, for for five dollars. I'm willing to make them a millionaire. We're not we're not talking about materialistic things, but we're asking him for just help to get through today when he's willing to heal us and change us and deliver us and set us free if we knew. 
We're asking just for a moment to make it from, from sun up to sundown, and he's willing to give us a source that never runs dry. If we knew, and I'm telling you today, I could feel it when I woke up and God, I came downstairs and God spoke this into me. If they only knew, I could literally feel in my heart God's heart pulling and going, I have so much to give, but they don't ask because they don't know. They don't ask because they don't know. They ask for such simple things when I'm willing to give them such great things. They're asking for a cup and I'm willing to give a river. They're asking for a moment when I'm willing to change a life. I don't know who you are today that's watching You might be new. You might have watched every single minute we've broadcast for the last two years here on Antioch West. I don't know who you are, but I'm challenging to you today if you only knew. If you knew. If you knew today who God was and what's available, you wouldn't worry about who's next to you. You wouldn't worry about what was happening the rest of the day because you would become so encapsulated. You would become so absorbed and focused in the moment because you know that that man at the well wasn't just another man. I love the, 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 the one of the, the most beautiful points of that entire story is a small little side note that happens at the end. Because the Bible says, when it was all said and done, she went back to the city. But it leads us with a little nugget of transformation. It says, she left her water pitcher. In fact, we read that scripture, that part there. Uh, verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you see? Why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into a town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of town and were coming to him. You see, she came for a cup but left with an encounter. She came with a need and left with her life changed forever. You see, I'm not here today to neglect what you need. I'm not here today that said God doesn't care about what you need. But if all you are here today is to get your need met, to get your, cause life is difficult, right? We got, you know, stress and difficulties and problems and man, we've got money problems and relationship problems and, and past problems and future problems and present problems. And we got all kinds of stuff that's hitting us from every angle. Right now, man, stress is at all time high in this world we live in we got rumors of wars russia and u.s squaring off in the ukraine we've got inflation hitting the where you go into walmart and what used to cost you twenty dollars now cost you forty dollars and you go to the gas pump to put gas in your car and you're like lord jesus you know i'm gonna have to start pushing my car down the hill because this is this is getting too much and all these things that are hitting us and driving the stress up we have needs God's not here today to dismiss your needs. He's not here to neglect your needs, to say your needs don't matter. But he's here to address something greater than your need. You see, the problem was, 
This woman had a need for water. But if you would address the water need and say, listen, here you go. Here's what I'm going to do for you today. I'm going to build you a private well in your backyard. You'll never have to come out here again. You're going to have an endless supply of water in your backyard. All you got to do is leave out your back door, go get the water, and you are absolutely... Would that have been a big deal for her? Oh my goodness, amazing. She wouldn't have had to go into the center of city, center of the city and deal with all the ridicule and whispers and accusations from her social shaming. She wouldn't have to travel outside the city to the well that was outside the city. She could have convenience of getting water in her backyard and would have made a major difference. But let's be honest, it wouldn't have changed her heart. It wouldn't have changed the way she felt. It wouldn't have changed the way things were going in her life. You see, the water was just one of many things. It was the immediate need, but it wasn't the real issue. You see, some of us come to God and we tell God, God, I'm thirsty today. And God's like, I know. Well, then God give me water. He's like, but if I give you water, that's not really going to change anything. You see, he even says it in that verse. If you drink from the water from this well, what does he say? You're going to thirst again. But if you drink from the water that I give you, you will never thirst again. Meaning, if all you ever want from me is your needs met, all you're ever going to do is just chase another need, another need, another need, another need, another prayer request, another asking thing, another, another problem, another difficulty. Need, need, need. Does God care about your needs? Of course he does. Does he want to supply your needs? Of course he does. The Bible says he wants to supply it so much he already knows what you need before you even ask. He's already ahead of the game. But the problem is, why doesn't God meet your need today? Because he knows meeting your need won't change your life. Meeting your need will only open the door for another need to take its place. And then you'll be right back here going, God, God, thank you for the water. But now that you've done the water, I could do this. Well, God, thank you for the water and doing that. Now I got, and you'll just be, your list will just continue to grow. And guess what? By the time you get to the end of your list, you're going to start back over again because you're going to need more water. And you're going to get in this cycle. And he says, stop, wait a minute, if you knew. I don't want to change and shake your need. I actually want to change your life. If you only knew. Do you have a need today? Sure. Absolutely. I don't want to devalue the need you have. Some of you have very immediate needs. Some of you have very immediate problems. You've got difficulty. You've got pain. You've got struggles. You've got addictions. You've got hurt. You've got stuff that you're facing right now, literally in this moment, right now. When this when this turns off in a few moments, you're going to be dealing with that need. It's going to be stuck. It's going to be hitting you right in the face. And you go, God, I need you to meet this need. Come on, God, fix this need. Why aren't you fixing this need? Because he says, if you only knew. That's why. If you only knew. The reason why I'm not addressing your cup is because the cup is just another symptom. I want to address the source. And the difference between the cup and the river is do you know me? The Bible says that my God shall supply all of my needs. I believe that. He's going to supply all of my needs. But I don't want him so he can be my need genie. 
I want him because he's the source of life, of hope, of peace, of joy, of contentment. If you knew. If you go back through scripture, you'll find that what drove people to Jesus wasn't the fact that he could just simply meet their needs. They were driven to Jesus because he was changing lives. A woman falls down at Jesus' feet, breaks open the alabaster box and begins to anoint Jesus' feet. That wasn't Jesus, fix my need. That was Jesus, I know who you are. I know that you're the source. If you knew. If you don't know, ask. Be honest and say, God, I don't really know if I know who you are. Because later on, she didn't know who he was, and he revealed it. He said, I am the Christ. I am. I am. He revealed it to her. She didn't know who he was. But he revealed it to her. God doesn't sit there expecting you to figure it out. God's not sitting there going, all right, take a guess. Oh, uh, wrong. Sorry, try again next week. You get one guess per week. Who do you think I am? Ready? Survey says, eh, try again next week. And your consolation prize is, none of your prayers will be answered. Sorry, play again next week. That's how we think God works. It doesn't work that way. The Bible says, humble yourself. I don't do a very good job at that a lot of times. i got to be honest with you. My pride is a major obstacle. I I have a massive obstacle of human pride, male pride, and right pride. It's a triple, triple-edged sword. It's not easy for me to ask God for help. I want to do it. I'm going to show God. God, I'm going to figure this out. I don't know who you are, but I'm going to figure you out. I'm going to figure out who you are, God. Just give me a few minutes of time. God's like, take all the time you want. But who I am does not come from intellect. Who I am comes from revelation. Because he asked Peter, who do men say that I am? And they said this and this. He said, who do you say that I am? And he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, "He said, well done, Peter. Flesh and blood hasn't revealed this, but this has been revealed to you by the Father. This didn't come from your intellect. This came because the Father showed you. Ask God. Say, God, I don't really know if I know who you are. But would you show me who you are? I'm not saying that that within that moment, God's going to peel back the curtain and go, ta-da! But I believe he'll begin to show you. He showed the woman at the well who he was. Changed her life. She left without a need for a cup because she left with a river. If you only knew today. If you only knew who we were talking about. If you only knew who we were worshiping. If you only knew who was ready Our prayer life would change. Sometimes I, I I fall short because if I really knew who God was, my prayer life would be different. I fall into the trap sometimes of 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 not seeing God the right way, and so because of that, my prayer life can be very shallow. 
because I'm just seeing God through one lens. But if I really knew the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who walked with Adam, the one who sat with Abraham, the one who spoke to Moses, the one who, who, who did all these things is the same one that I'm communicating with, my prayer life would change. If I knew. Father, you're the God of revelation. This can't happen simply because of a man speaking it. This comes by you. You reveal the hidden things. God, today I'm asking you, Lord, to show us who you are. For those of us that are hungry and that are asking, that maybe we're selling you short. Maybe we're asking you for a cup when you're willing to give us a river, an everlasting river. A well that never runs dry. But God, we don't know who, we don't know to whom we are communicating with today. I'm asking Lord that you would reveal and show yourself today. Show us who you are. Reveal to us today who you are. Peel back the curtains of our flesh. Peel back the curtains of humanity. Peel back the curtains of this world's ideologies and thoughts. And let us see you for who you are. Peel back the layers of shame. Peel back the layers of regret and hurt and hopelessness. Let us see clearly who you are today. Let us have the revelation of who you are. That we could see who you are. And that we would be changed. That we wouldn't seek you for our needs. Because we would find you as the source of all things you're not just our genie that we rub the lamp to get our new wish granted for today but you're the source of hope and life and strength you're the everlasting you're the same yesterday today and forever you're there you never leave you never forsake I speak today father in your name that you would reveal these things to us by your grace and your mercy in Jesus name in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, let it be done today, Father. Let it be done today, Father, in your name.